If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. All right, folks, welcome back to the Mount West Wire basketball podcast. Uh, recording a Tuesday show, so we'll get quickly to those games momentarily, so... I'll tweet it out, but listen sooner than later for the first bit. You know who it is, Jeremy Moss, Eli Betker. And welcome back. We're here, ready for basketball. It's We are, what, six weeks from Selection Sunday? Is that correct? It's coming up quick. Yeah, we're at the halfway point in conference play now. Halfway point. The scheduling is getting fine. It's The unbalanced schedule has a few quirks in it when you play teams like uh, within a two-week period. But who cares, right? It doesn't matter. No, it makes it interesting. So let's begin with this. Um should we uh, begin with the article you're writing soon, or wait th- wait till the end? Because we need uh, to get to that, the yeah, games. Yeah, we can wait till the end on that. Well, let's get to the games first. We we were, okay. as I mentioned two seconds ago. Let's talk about games and sidetrack. <laughs> <To begin. laughs> no, tonight there are two Tuesday. We're doing it Tuesday morning, so hopefully you guys all hear this. If not, you can either listen and laugh at our projections and picks, or say, "Hey, they're spot on," or listen right away. Two games tonight. I would say the biggest game. Um, is this the most important game, Utah State at Fresno State, the rest of the way in the regular season? Uh, well, Utah State does host Nevada, so that could have some big implications if if Utah State sticks with Nevada until that point. But are they really but going? This, but this one's huge. This but really? Are, are they going to? <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> that's my th- point. They're they're projected to win every game until then. So yeah, Kempom has it a fifty-fifty. So I guess um, yeah. s- second biggest game i will say this, this is the big most important game for the number if you want the number two seed because biggest game not involving nevada there you go if lots of, yeah easy and they're not <laughs> going to catch nevada so you get utah state at fresno state so last time they played fresno state won by a what well, braxton hug and three-pointer with a couple seconds left they drained it from three-point range and they hit a lot of layups and you that was a while ago utah state's won six in a row eli so they are and they didn't lose to colorado state Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive comeback that Fresno State was able to uh, manufacture against Utah State. I I still like Utah State's chances tonight. I think that they've been playing better basketball of late. They've just been really um, taking down some lesser teams. They just destroyed UNLV and, and what was supposed to be a pretty competitive UNLV team. That certainly <laughs> hasn't come to fruition. But I think tonight's match could, could probably go either way. Um Again, the first matchup that they had this season I think is a bit of an anomaly with Fresno State's huge comeback and the way Utah State folded at the end. They're playing uh, more cohesive now than they were earlier in the season, so I think this should be a good one. I think it should be. I think Grimes for New Mexico had a pretty big game because he missed uh, was mm-hmm. a bunch of three-pointers against uh, New Mexico. He had almost 20 rebounds, 19. Um, Add Braxton Huggins, Deshaun Taylor. Like These two teams have a ton of great talent, obviously. Mm-hmm. And at home, we'll see who shows up because it's not like the Save Mart Center is uh, 
full fans all the time. It's not like they're. Uh, they it's need, getting better. It's true. Do they have a PS4 or Xbox giveaway this time around to get I people have no there? Idea. <laughs> I think, think they've done that years ago. But like with this game, it's going to be huge because honestly, if you're the two or three seed, it doesn't matter. You just don't want to be the four seed to hold off the inevitable to play Nevada in the championship game, assuming that happens again. So say it's a big deal. It's a big deal for to see who's good, how teams are playing. But really, technically, for seeding, it just don't fall to four, right? Don't fall behind San Diego State. Yeah, you don't want to be in that four spot. And two versus three, because everyone's playing on the same home floor, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. that much unless something strange happens and then creates a weird first-round matchup. But I think just going back to what you discussed with the individual players, Nate Grimes defending Demias Keda and vice versa, oh, yeah. I think will be a huge matchup because... These two have been really big breakout players this year in the post. Grimes is a bit more undersized. He's about three inches shorter than Keita uh, and about 15 pounds lighter. But he's an excellent rebounder, and he's a very good defender himself. A bit more offensive sound than Keita, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, both of these two, I would not be surprised if they ended up with a double-double. And I think that individual matchup could decide the tonight's result. Let me ask you a question. Is Keita mm-hmm. going to win freshman of the year and defensive player of the year? I don't think he'll land defensive player of the year, but I think he's already locked up freshman of the year. So who's the best defender then if it's not Keita? I probably Cody Martin still. Yeah, that makes sense. He is a what is he a wooden finalist? Or an Aceman finalist, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, for uh, Bob Cousy Award, I think. Or Bob Cousy. Sorry, I can't I missed all those three big awards. There's so many awards for college basketball. Naismith, Cousy, all those uh Okay. Mm-hmm. I that's you know, I was just curious because he two and a half blocks a game, pretty big deal. Nine rebounds, so. Oh, he's an excellent defender. Yeah. I just don't think he probably has that name recognition compared to the upperclassmen. But he, I mean, his impact this year cannot be um, put into words for what Utah State's been able to accomplish. Yeah, and he's been scoring a little bit more. He's what about ten points, just over ten, but he's getting well above that pretty much almost every game except that New mm-hmm. Mexico game where he played. Yeah decent amount of minutes but so i think yeah i think those two are the big those two players huge matchup hucks uh braxton if he can score a ton of points and we haven't mentioned sam merrill who might be the see that maybe the best player overall on this floor tonight maybe close yeah to I, I think so yeah if not huggins but like again there's a lot of good players on this court tonight so it'll be fun to watch at least four players that will probably end up on either the first or second team when it's all said and done at the end of the year. So watch this game. It is a, a later tip. It's, well, I guess 7.30 Pacific, not late, but if you're anywhere else, it's a little bit later. Um, look for your AT&T Sports Network, or for you out there in Northwest, Root Sports. I that's, that's right. You could stream it if you are not. In, it's it's broadcast pretty much everywhere. Like, I think there's like uh, AT&T Southwest. It's broadcast a decent amount of the area, but if you're out of the market area and you're listening to this in – I guess, uh, hey, Brandon, if you're listening, you can probably catch it online if you want to watch it, streaming there in uh, <laughs> western Florida, part of the state of Florida. So you can check that out. I, there, I did put the links on the on the preview I did really quick mo- early moments ago, but just watch the game. Tune into it. Don't watch the extended highlights. Watch, Try to watch the full game and let us know because this could this should be one of the, a more pretty exciting game. So who do you got? I, I think oh, I'm going to go with Utah State. Utah State uh, <laughs> because they've just been playing a bit better, you believe? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, this could go either way, but I think I like the way Utah State matches up with Fresno State. And again, I know that they dropped the first matchup, but they've been playing really good recently. And I like how Kata matches up against the Fresno State front court. All right. I going with Utah State as well in a close one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just made, made basically the same things, partly because 
they've been playing better. They had a big lead last time they played against this team. They kind of not, I guess, sort of blew a double digit lead with what five was it five minutes left, six minutes left. They're up by twelve, I believe it was, and they just kind of let that slip away. So I think Aggies will win, and Aggies will probably be the number two seed overall. So there you yeah, go. That's that's just so impressive with what Craig Smith has done. The team picked ninth in the preseason, have a very legitimate chance of finishing second. Let me ask you this really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Musselman's doing great. Is he coach of the year no matter what, essentially, if they have one loss in league play? I mean, yeah, just the one loss. Or, should, or would your reward stay if Craig Smith does get second place in the conference? Well, I certainly don't think that Musselman will be a unanimous choice as long as Utah State finishes out the season as they've started it. Do, I, they, do they consider postseason uh, or just regular season? I forget. Just regular season, I believe. What but if Utah State beats know. Nevada? Ooh, it, do you, there's a reasonable case to go Craig Smith, even okay. if that doesn't happen. But I don't know. I think it's still tough with Musselman because he's just put together such a fantastic season. If they enter the NCAA tournament with one loss, it would just be so hard to not give him coach of the year. Okay. It's always that debate. Is it is it be crushing expectations or yeah. winning the league in a dominant fashion? It's tough, yeah, but it's – uh, if you want to make an argument for both, I would definitely not disagree with it. Because if you look really quick, we'll get to the other game that's Tuesday night. Just um, New Mexico has, uh, excuse me, uh, Nevada has one league loss. Utah State has two. So technically they would tie for first place if it were to somehow Utah State runs the table and Nevada's only loss is to Utah State. Mm-hmm. They'd be co- if, co- if, hey, yeah. co-Mountain West champs, right? Hmm? That, that, yeah, that's true. And if <laughs> Utah State is able to win Tuesday night against Fresno State, they have a legitimate chance that potentially tying things up in the Mountain West in that final week of the season against Nevada. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be so... <laughs> that would make for a huge, huge matchup. That would not help Utah State. Uh, we'll get to bracket stuff later, but they are inching closer to being considered as an at-large team. So, mm-hmm. Let's go to the next game really quickly. New Mexico, San Diego State. Um, in our power rankings, uh, people are finally... I noticed when, when everybody kind of... I don't do it too often, but you do it. If uh, A few other guys like Jesse Brand, I know... Um, Michael did it this week too. Put out his uh, rankings for the uh, power poll. A lot of Aztecs fans are liking what they're seeing there because they are actually uh, playing well. They're, and... Yeah, they're inching up to what we thought they were going to be heading into the season. They're still not there yet, but playing better basketball of late. Yeah, they beat uh, UNLV. Cool. Air, they <laughs> the Air Force and, and beat uh, San Jose State. So before we get too excited, the reason they moved up partly because they're winning. And as you mentioned last show, Eli, that's their first multi game winning streak against D one opponent since this ended end of November. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, better late than never, right? Like hey, just like last year, right? Just roll out and kinda of win like eight of ten or something, ten of twelve have, down the stretch. Have you seen what Ken Palm has projected for Senior State the rest of the season? No, I've not favorite to win two more games. Oh, oh. really? Two? Yeah, yikes. Whoa. Home they... against Boise State, home against San Jose State. How are they favored against Boise State? Uh, they're all like... I know, I'm just saying, but then they're yeah. road dogs to CSU. Mm. Interesting. Dang, that's... Yeah. that's not, Sorry, that's not like good. Maybe their their fourth position is uh, temporary. <laughs> but they've been... They, no, they, but they've been playing well, and so it's good. Yeah. It's getting the wins matters, right? It's just I don't care who you beat, just beat the teams. Exactly, yeah. And you, and you have to take care of the teams that are weaker than you, and that's what they have been doing these last few games so that's at least a good thing if you're a San Diego State fan because losing to teams like Brown and Air Force and Boise State by 24 
that wasn't going to cut it. So they yeah. basketball now. No, I definitely not. It's just like I'm kind of half kidding there, but with our power rankings mm-hmm. kind of back on that, it's more more of um, nobody's beating everybody or you're going to one and one every week. And so it's like, not that they moved up by default, but they moved up because they won, but they're also doing what other teams aren't doing, which is winning. And so it's just kind of, it's so difficult to figure out for half the year. It's good. It's easy when a team wins like three in a row. It's just like, all right, they're moving up. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> New Mexico. I, yeah, New Mexico has been so hit or miss. San Diego State still, in the grand scheme of things, they've been really inconsistent too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Palm has this game decided by one point. I just feel like with the way that the conference has been going this season, doesn't this just feel like a game that will be determined by like a 15 or 20 point margin? Just because it wouldn't make any sense. And New Mexico getting the win, right, too, on top of that? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Because New Mexico, since that Nevada win, they've only beaten one team. It's Wyoming. Mm -hmm. They got blown double-digit law. Every single game has been, am I correct on that? Every single game except for Utah State is a double-digit loss. Yes, correct. Correct. And so that would be something if a Paul Weir were to uh, pull Rabbit out and say, all right, Mathis, score 20, 35 points for us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Do this. It's like, uh, Aztecs should win. What's the, sorry, you said they're favored. What are they favored by? Uh, Ken New Mexico's favored by one point. Wait, New Mexico's favored? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's tough. I, I'm flabbergasted because is this a, uh, Wait, hold on. This is also a road game, so I guess there's a tiny bit with that. But Lobos have won like one. They're like one of six, one of seven. Come on, how can Palm Pomeroy? What are you doing? <laughs> but do you want to guess the percentage that New Mexico has to beat Nevada on the road on Saturday? On Saturday, um, mm-hmm. New Mexico. You're saying yes, New Mexico at Nevada. Um, I'm not looking at it now. I moved away from the page because I think okay. I'm on. Um, I want to say eight percent, three, three percent. <laughs> The seven percent chance to defeat Utah State on the road on February twentieth. But they okay. Speaking of that, really quick, end of the season Aztecs at Nevada. Mm -hmm. Nevada nine is seven percent chance for Aztecs. So by that, you would think Aztecs Mm -hmm. would be like a fifty-two percent favorite to win this game tonight. Yeah, you would think. Interesting. So who has more talent? Is it New Mexico or San Diego State? I think it's the Aztecs. Um, I would probably go with New Mexico just because I think that they're a bit deeper. Um, uh, San Jose State starting five is certainly better, but I think New Mexico has a bit more depth. Okay. So, I don't know. Let's see real quick. I'm going to pull up our good old, since you pulled on me, I'm going to pull up the uh, BPI. Oh, boy. <laughs> Take. <laughs> I'll give you no clues. Take your guess. For tonight's game, San Jose State, New Mexico? At New Mexico, at the pits, at the... Uh, 9 p.m. local time, so a little bit later there. ESPN 2 uh, tip-off. I would say New Mexico, 58% favorite. No. Aztecs are a favorite. Basically a toss-up, 50.8. 50.8, okay. Yeah, so almost 51%. So, so both of tonight's games are coin flips, basically. Pretty much. I I for the, I really think the San Diego State should win. Like I said, McDaniel is the best player out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing: New Mexico proven to have the talent, but it's been one game. I can't. You can't keep going back. Well, you beat Nevada by twenty or thirty points. That's it's too far back, and they've done nothing to say they're that same team. And so, like, while the crazy amount West is, New Mexico could win. Aztecs should win by at least ten points, in my opinion. 
and they yeah, should be able to keep them at, pay, at bay away for most of the time and say, sorry, Lobos. But it'll be sort of close, but it'll be kind of a quasi-comfortable win for the Aztecs. Like, they'll be up by a couple here or there. Lobos may go up by a couple here or there, but the Aztecs will slowly pull away. I kind of think it'll be one of those games because New Mexico does have players to stick around and play well. And if things go perfectly right, win. Because we've seen Aztecs down 30 points multiple times and gets multiple teams. So it's not like they're perfect by any means, but I just think Aztecs have too much. Does it concern you at all with San Diego State? Their perimeter defense can be a little shaky, and they do allow opponents to shoot a lot of threes. Does that concern you at all with the way New Mexico can heat up from the perimeter? Yeah, assuming they can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we... Mathis can really heat up. Mm-hmm. That's why I was kind of half kidding with Mathis earlier, give him 35 mm-hmm. points. But we've seen versus, uh, what was it, Xavier, I think, hit him up from three a ton in that Mali invite. Mm-hmm. A couple teams. So, yeah, that's always a concern because if you let teams – shoot threes and make threes you're you're in trouble and that's probably the best chance the most likely chance Lobos to win because that perimeter defense is, is a bit shaky mm-hmm. and also when uh nope i'll look at that mouse real quick never mind i'm gonna pass on that so I, I, have, I have a quick stat for you what do you got um i guess that's two point percentage well in san jose's losses this year their two point percentage is allowed 59.4 51.9 58.6 59.3 53.3 72.4, Ooh. 45.2, and 40.7. So uh, three-point line can be a deciding factor, but it looks like two-point percentage is almost near, just as important. It is. So I guess basically if you hold them, if they can hold them to just under 50, they'll be fine? Yeah, it looks that, looks that way. Which yeah. really could be set for any team, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's nothing special, but obviously a 70% range, who would not a tough one to beat. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. Let's... Um, should we, we are, well, we already kind of went over the power ranking thing, so we're going to skip on that. Anything interesting the rest of the week? We need to, we have a few more games because we are doing it on a, a day earlier, so there's a bit more time to say, hey, we got the Tuesday games, we got the Wednesday games, so people can be prepared for the week. Wednesday, there's what, three games? Is that, am I correct on that? Yes. So when we talk about Wednesday, as I'm trying to scroll through here because my internet is being so lovely, um, I don't care about any game on Wednesday too much. I'm kidding. Um, do you give Colorado State any chance against Nevada? No. Rams no? have – here's the thing. Rams have been playing better because you can't deny – they also were the big movers. They moved up, what, three spots in our power pole, two spots? They're sitting at 6-9, uh, I believe, from eight. They have been playing better. They do have a winning record overall. Am I correct on that? They're 11-8, I believe. They typed it in properly. For Colorado State, they're 9-13. Yeah. They're and 13. Oh, I need to fix that. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I, must have, I thought I fixed all that. So no, I I sorry. I'll fix that in a moment. Just people are complaining if they have been. So, but they have been played better. But yet, mm-hmm. remember, you like they lost by forty points. Forty. Points. They did. They did. And think about it. We should talk about Nevada a bit because we kind of been saying the past couple of shows. Give me a a string of convincing wins where there's no struggle at all. And their past handful of games have been just that. Mm-hmm. Where they've been winning by this one of this game too, this forty point victory. They haven't been uh, really playing terrible, playing bad in the first half, where they're staying close with inferior competition. These past few games are what they should have been doing all year, or at least I'd say eighty percent of their games, because nobody on their schedule is really that great who they've played overall. And that's some concern. Like there is, I did a quick, I did an AP post. I'm like, let me talk about this guy from New York Post. He claims to cover college basketball. He claims to watch Nevada a lot, but says they're not a very good team. Or, sorry, they're not a top 10 team. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which, I mean, it, that's going to happen. Nevada's going to receive the Gonzaga-type treatment. 
It's almost inevitable now. They're not even getting that, but like their past few games, really quickly, I finally got my schedule here. Since that near win versus Boise State, they've beaten Air Force by 15, CSU by 40, UNLV by 17, then Boise by 20. And so these past four games of what they should have been doing. But back to that guy's like, oh, like he's like, Gonzaga gets scheduled Duke. They get scheduled Arizona. I'm like, um, get back to us if Nevada does this for like 20 straight years. Yeah, exactly. Gonzaga has been irrelevant nationally for 20 years. That's a that's a terrible um, assessment there. Yeah, Nevada's had, uh, they've went on the road a ton this year. Like they played Grand Canyon in Phoenix and went to LA to play USC and Arizona State. They played a decent amount of road games. Um, yeah, schedule could be a tad better. But it's hard to get teams to play. Like, well, why should we play? Why should Arizona nearby play Nevada? Why should, you know I mean, why should these better teams play them? But it's just a dumb argument because Gonzaga has been, losing to Gonzaga is not a big deal. Nevada has only been really good for these two years and then a decade ago with Trent Johnson and, like, those guys. And so it's like, you can't just schedule, give me a home and home or two for one for, you know what I mean, for with Arizona or Texas or even, or, you know what I mean, or Kentucky. It's like, that's not how it works, folks. <laughs> It's like, yeah, would St. John's want to come out to play here? Probably not, no, even though because they're pretty good this year. But it's like, come on. I read that. I'm like, you can make the argument they're not a number six team just because of no quadro and wins and all that stuff. And, like, some people have them as, like, a four to six seed for the tournament-wise. But they're probably going to, whatever, finish, like, a four seed. But all you can do is win, and they're winning. If they could win, like, this past four games, I think CSU – here's what I'll say. You know, CSU will not lose by 40 points. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> is that is that fair enough to say? That's yeah, that's certainly fair. And I think the home crowd will be, um, I think, pretty solid on Wednesday night. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the game is decided by single digits, because CSU can really score the basketball, but their defense just it remains a mess. And Nevada could heat up super easily, get easy baskets, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if this one got out of hand again. But to be decided 100 to 60, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's and why Braves have been playing better. We mean better by winning two or three and almost beating Boise State. So yeah, <laughs> so it's that's eh. true. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what they can do, but I, it'll be closer than that. They'll it'll be more competitive. But I still, I think, I still think it's a double digit double digit win easily for Nevada. I think they're finally hitting that stride of let's go. We're winning. We're going to keep going and cruising until March comes around. The biggest deficit Nevada's faced over their last three games, they trailed Boise State 3-0 to 59 seconds into the game. Whew. So they're certainly playing better basketball now, and um, they're, what is it, they're favored in each of the remaining nine games on their conference schedule. And besides the Utah State games, they go on the road, it's either 80% or better. Or better. So um, definitely hitting their stride right now and could enter the NCAA tournament with one loss. That would be pretty impressive. All right. Okay, yeah, definitely. Let's stick with uh, Nevada here. They host New Mexico. How many points will they beat New Mexico by? Twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> Make it even. <laughs> I don't know. It could. That one could get really ugly. I think they'll want to win by as many points as possible. Yeah, I do too. Because that's what that's what happened on the first time they matched up. Oh, that and. It's just the thing. It's like the way the Mexico, like we already mentioned, you already heard our thing in Lobo. There's no reason to backtrack and mention it again, but it's just a game where it's on CBS there. It's a 3 p.m. local tip on CBS Sports Network. Excuse me, let me clarify. $51 to go in if you're interested. Just saying. All right. Not, not too bad. So mm-hmm. I I seriously think the Mac, Nevada, 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 Nevada <laughs> and combining the two schools, I think they'll win easily by 15 versus New Mexico, and it won't even be close. I do too. Yeah. 
Um, the rest of the games on Saturday, you got San Jose State, Boise, yeah, whatever. Um, is San Jose State going to win a game? Oh man, I don't know. They are one of. I saw some map. They're like one of five teams without a win, right, in conference play. I believe so. Yeah. Will they get a win? It's not gonna be versus Boise State. I'll tell you that. Home against Wyoming, March sixth. Has to be. Please just get one win. Are they favored in that game? They are fifty-one percent. <laughs> you know, no one would shock me if they beat New Mexico at home. Sorry, Lobos, but I'm just saying they've been playing so poorly. That yeah. would not overly shock me yet. Lobos, a Ken Palm has them as a nine-point underdog versus the playing at home versus the uh, Lobos. There, the fighting Paul Weirs. Fighting Paul Weirs. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just uh, my bold predictions called for at least one San Jose State conference victory. That was looking pretty good in mid-December, but it is not looking too great right now. I know they had. They also lost an over double overtime that Air Force game. What what do the Spartans have to do? Like just write it out for five years and hopefully they get something because they had <laughs> they've had good players in town like Agni, um, not Agni, but Brandon Clark and a few other guys, but they're out and about playing well other places. It's hard for this program to retain talent because, as we've mentioned a handful of times this year what this San Jose State team could have been had their players not transferred. They could have had a legit top four, top five roster in the conference this season. Yeah. Um, but whenever a player is well-known, usually they transfer, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again this offseason. And it's too bad because I think this program is capable of accomplishing a lot more than what they've done since they've uh, transferred to the Mountain West, but... Right now, it's just it's not getting done, and this team just has so many issues, and for the most part, hasn't even been competitive. They did have that double overtime game against Air Force at home, but every other game has been a double digit loss in conference play. I don't. It's they got to keep Prelu there for a couple years. You can't just let him go after four years. Yeah, it's like when me and Matt talk about football. Like Kentucky had Mark Stoops, their coach, has been there because Kentucky football has never been good. It's not don't do the turnover thing after four years or five years after the one contract. He's been there finally, I think, is what year eight, and he took them pretty far, and they were pretty good this year. Not to say San Jose State will pull up and be a 21 team after six years, seven years, but you can't just rotate coaches over and over after five years. Yep. You got to hopefully, there's circumstances that vary. If you see some improvement, like, okay, say they win, what are they at? One win this year, is that correct? Two wins? Three? Uh, two D1 uh, wins, yeah. Two D1 wins, yeah. The Q Cookman NAU win. So let's say they get, let's say they pull off one this year. They end up with four. They go to 10. They get to 13. Schedule the right way to help them out. Like their schedule was fine this year. Like who, they're, who they decide to play was very friendly for them playing teams like Southern Utah, Weber State, uh, Bakersfield, Indiana State, a few toughies, Stanford, Cal, and St. Mary's. But they scheduled properly to get hopefully get some wins because they had a few close losses like the Bakersfield Central Michigan, one point loss, two point loss, single digit loss to Santa Clara. So they've had single digit to Weber State, Southern Utah. They're not that they're getting closer, but scheduled that way to build up some confidence to maybe next goal next year would be what, to get to ten wins, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And a lot of people will joke, I know people have just come up with all these different things about San Jose State, but if you look back at what they were in 2017 under Dave Wojcik, mm-hmm. San Jose State, uh, mid-February, they were 13-10, and 10, even in the conference at a 6-6 six and six record. 
They were right in a four-game winning streak, defeated UNLV twice, New Mexico, and San Diego State. So those are the three notable teams in the Mountain West. And that was about as good as the program had been in years. And obviously it's unfortunate with what happened with Wojcik, and he had to resign over the summer. But San Jose State at that point was capable of being a, a decent competitive team in the Mountain West. And things have gone south since then because they've had to hire a new head coach and get a new coaching staff and all the roster turnover that's happened since. But they are yeah. capable of getting decent and competitive in the Mountain West. Yeah, because they have Brandon Clark and Ryan Welge there who both are doing pretty good at their new schools at the moment. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's possible. It's not out of the question. It's not. It's possible, but it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. But you think too, like if you're out in California, it's like a recruiting thing too. There's so many good, talented players in California, even though there's so many schools, UCLA, who's usually pretty good, not this year. They got a new head coach coming down their way. But, like, with Stanford's usually pretty good. Like, there's enough – well, they're not, I guess, traditionally pretty good. The state's big enough, population-wise, big enough, enough talent, northern part of the state, southern part of the state. If you think about it now, the state of California basketball, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Who's the – like, seriously, who's the best team in the state? St. Mary's probably? Yeah, I think you're right. Because Pac-12 yeah, down, you know what I'm saying? Stanford, UCLA, new head coach for the Bruins, USC. Fresno State, maybe. Oh, I guess yeah, Fresno State. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. I forgot about them. But I was thinking about outside of the teams, but like Fresno or St. Mary's are probably the two best right. teams. San Francisco is doing better in WCC; they've turned it around. But overall, with the bigger schools, tradition like even Aztecs aren't playing as what they used to be. They've mm-hmm. taken this little step down. So with ever with the whole state basically at D1 level not playing to they're not all at their best at once but it seems like the, right now it's probably the worst the state's been in a very long time now's the time even though spartans are part of that they're at the bottom as well there's you would think there's a way like hey come here you'll play more you'll get in instead of going to san francisco or going to some other school in the state bakersfield long beach state like the whole state's not very good for the top team so it should be a time to maybe make that pitch come here and play right now because UCLA, USC, you're still going to get the good players. Mm-hmm. They're still going to get players better than that. They may not get the top of the top. They'll say get the second-tier four-star guys, which kind of pushes everybody down who's still good, who wants to stay in state. So there's a chance at this point with how the rest of the state's been playing for them to maybe over-recruit a little bit here or there to maybe get one of those guys that's either overlooked or UCLA can't get their number one choice because they get their number two choice and it pushes that talent down to where a guy wants to stay in that area. Or say a guy wants to go to St. Mary's and, well, sorry, not going here. Okay, go to San Jose. You're in the same region. You know what I mean? that there, I think that's a legit possibility to take advantage of the whole state being down to recruit in-state. So, Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. And you don't need to recruit like UCLA to win the Mountain yeah. West. You can win the conference with three stars and quality JUCO transfers mm-hmm. or just or D1 transfers, which is what Nevada is doing right now. Yeah, so, my point is, yeah, yeah. My point is that with – these best teams still not getting those best players. It may put it's just saying like, okay, I'm not saying you compete with UCLA, but if UCLA is not like they're not getting the same top 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 guy, mm-hmm. they'll take other player. Right, maybe that'll cut into them. But my point is like, with all these other programs down, you have a case to make. Come build something here. It's easier to build something here than it is at UCLA. Yeah, because definitely. even if you're a a, a high three star guy, you may not play for a year and a half. And so that's kind of my point of getting at. There's, there's opportunity to take advantage of other programs being down as well. So definitely. It's not Spartan talk for a while for what, that quarter <laughs> for two weeks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got to make the teams interesting. They've shown, you're right. They've shown to be a team like 
who knows? Like I said, they would be with probably Fresno State, Utah State had nothing changed, which is hard to say mm-hmm. that nothing would change. But the rest of the, any other game on Saturday, I guess um, Fresno, UNLV, maybe Utah State, San Diego State. That's a big one because I would say, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, if Aztecs are going to prove something. Now's the time good, to do it. Beat a good team. Like you moved up because you're beating teams you should beat and finally are beating. And that's it. That's one to watch, even though it's on um how's it only on ESPN three? Who came up with that decision? Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you love that. It's like you know, Wasn't me. turn yeah. on my turn on my Roku, my Chromecast, I'm like, how do I find ESPN three? Um if or if you want, alternative deal, it's only nine dollars to go to the game. Yeah, fly me down there. Yeah, fly down, go to the go to that game. That's not, that's not a bad. Let's talk, let's do this real quick. Um, let's play BPI here. Okay. Not BPI. Um, yeah, it is BPI. For San Jose State, Utah State. Yeah. First off, who do you think's favored in this game? Uh, Utah State. Okay, got one right. Go. There we go. Next. <laughs> um, sixty-three percent Aggie favorites. Not quite. Fifty-six percent. Oh, tighter than I thought. A little bit. It's, uh, yeah. I guess with the Aztecs playing better, I expect Utah State to win just because they're probably going to beat Fresno. They're going to be on a seven-game winning streak. Aztecs will be playing pretty well for themselves. But overall, like you mentioned how what Aztecs do or don't do defensively. Like if Sam Merrill gets hot from three, it's over. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me just say this. If anybody gets somewhat hot from three-point range, it's over. Exactly. Hey, Spectrum's back, though. I, I saw some clips this week of uh, videos and such. It's uh, it's getting pretty rowdy in there. That's exciting to see. What, what Do you know what? Do you have it really quick? What time is that Nevada-Utah State game? Do you have uh, I believe I saw – I clicked on it earlier this podcast. I think it was like 6.30 on CBS Sportsnet. Excuse me, 5.30 Pacific on CBS Sportsnet. I'm still debating if I should go to that game. Do it. It's a it's about a nine, 95 minute drive. Yeah. Maybe it's a six it's a six thirty tip. Maybe I get home like a ten or eleven. We'll see. I'll I'll see if I can get that done. Because Do it. it would be especially if yeah if it, hey if it's the co champs on the line you know what I mean if the championship is there. Sure, I'll I'll, I'll do my best effort. There we go. I, it's just a long drive. <laughs> I don't like drive it is a Saturday though. It is a Saturday. I know. It's, yeah, it's true. It's not a. It's not a 9 p.m. local tip. It's not the Tuesday-Wednesday game. It is Saturday, late afternoon, early evening. I'll see what I can do. Um, but as for this game, like, do you give any confidence, Aztecs? Or is it a wait and see before we think they can beat Utah State? Because we're not going to chat between then or now. Like, If they beat New Mexico, does that give you any more or less confidence they could beat Utah State at home? There are a lot of teams that could beat New Mexico right now. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> so, so does it, does it change know. anything? Probably not. And the way the conference has been going, how much does winning by 20 actually mean? Because every team's been capable of doing that, minus oh, San Jose State. So, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think my perception would really change after Tuesday's game. Uh, San Jose State is probably still not the favorite against Utah State this weekend. And I still believe the Aggies will probably win that game, uh, maybe by five or six points. Okay. I could see it, because playing at Vejas is still a pretty big deal. Is Utah State really quick? Are they still... Well, I guess it doesn't matter because they're number two team right now. If they win, they're number two team. So let's do this. Let's go to some bracket matrix stuff because I need to start doing our weekly bracket post. First off, bracketmatrix.com, as you we both know, great resource, helpful, quite a bit. And they go through – how many brackets do they have now? 92 brackets. That's all the brackets. That is a lot of brackets. Are these all quality brackets for the most part? Um, 
I mean, some <laughs> of them were kind of interesting, but we did, there was the people one that had, had their own way of doing things. Had Asics as Love and Seed. Remember that last week? Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a couple like that. So really quick, Nevada is a four seed. They're basically average of 4.22, which there are actually one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the four to five, four point oh to four point nine nine range. Is that is that probably about right? Just because their SOS is not very good, no Q one wins. Their nets, what, what are they at eighteen or something like that? Barely top twenty. Yeah, it's it's fair, and I'm really starting to get a little nervous about Nevada seeding because if you go and actually find their team sheet, there isn't a single result that's under that Q one quadrant. So it's it's a very much back-ended slate for Nevada. Um, their strength of schedule, at least non-conference, is pretty good at 43 because they've played so many games on the road. But with the Pac-12 really bottoming out this year with Arizona State, USC, and Utah not performing as we imagine heading into the season, none of those games fall under that first quadrant, and that's what Nevada was hoping would happen um, on, by the time Selection Sunday came around. So uh, it's very... It's there's a decent chance that Nevada is sitting on selection Sunday without a single win in that first quadrant, and I don't know if they're capable of picking up a top four seed if that's the case. Where do because we mentioned you mentioned me earlier offline like on Saturday I believe it was Saturday right the CBS they start releasing the top sixteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it from the official selection committee? Right? Is that how this is? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a so, little mock sixteen team bracket. Will Nevada be a four? At least, will, will the, basically, will Nevada be featured in that? I I think so. Yeah, they should be on the four line for now. But as the season progresses, we're still what did you say? Like six weeks, five weeks from Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Power Conference teams are going to pick up Quadrant One wins just by beating up on each other. And Nevada doesn't have that luxury. Their toughest game the rest of the season is at Utah State, and if they don't win that game, they're probably going to be without. Uh, a Quadrant 1 victory on Selection Sunday. So Quadrant 1 victory, it's a road top 40 win. Or no, excuse me, home top 40 win. Neutral top 60, right? And then it's road... It's uh, home 1 through 30, one neutral through 30. 1 through 50, and away 1 through 75. So that Arizona State game's not a Quadrant 1? No, no, Arizona State Oh, neutral, 60th. that's right. Yeah. That's neutral, thing. Okay. Dang. So it's, is this our time to rant about you can play nobody in non-conference and be from the Big 12 or ACC and be fine? Pretty much, yeah. This would be the time to do that. Uh, it's, uh, every time. I always hear it from Gary Paris. I say it to all the time. It's uh, it's not fair, but it, it's what happens. And that's also why it's like off for – seriously, what if 61? Make a difference than mm-hmm. 50 – a lot higher – would that make the world difference? Oh, you got a Q1 win because you beat Arizona State 60. Oh, no Q1 wins, Arizona State 62 or 61. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, is it that big a difference? Well, that's no. that's the other thing that bothers me so much about this whole quadrant system. And I know they tried to build it so that it makes a lot of sense in terms of whether you beat a team on a neutral site or on the road or at home and whatnot. But just these cutoffs – even to the naked eye, it's going to change people's perception about what actually happened because a team might be, as you said, if Arizona State is 60, or excuse me, like 51st as opposed to 50th, yeah, that's and that falls idea. under a Q2 instead of a Q1. And I know everyone knows this and acknowledges that, but even when you see that on a piece of paper, if you see 
a team on the left side as opposed to the right side, you're obviously going to think much more highly of the team on the left side, even if that um, designation is made by just a decimal point in terms of NET or whatever the evaluation is. So that's obviously a huge problem with that, and that's also something that I'm going yeah. to address in that article that I'm writing about yeah, how I would fix the process. Yeah, if you look at the – because they probably look at teams, don't put the team name. You always see the blind resume stuff. Oh, they have – zero quadrant one wins and this other team has three but those say all their quadrant two wins are within five spots of let's just say there's a home game a neutral game and a road game all within three spots of being a q1 win yep it's like that's not to say it's, a, it's not a q1 win for sure but just looking at it zero to three where had say the team they beat had one more victory or lost by four fewer points in half a dozen games they would be a q1 win yeah, and that's always going to be the problem that you have when you run a quadrant-based system. It's like they're just the cutoffs between what's good, what's great, like all that type of deal. It's, it's a major problem that I think needs to be resolved. But again, how do you resolve that? So it's, it's tough, but when it comes to teams like Nevada that don't have those tough opponents on their schedule, it really makes things uh, pretty dicey on Selection Sunday when they need to pick up a quality seed. Yeah, you got to look at numbers at some level, but it's just the black and white. of It's like with the college football playoff, their committee, winning record, not a winning record, which basically mm-hmm. means if you beat it, if you beat all these six and six teams, that looks or seven and five teams, it looks great. You, but it counts the same as beating a six and six as it does like a 10 and two team. Mm-hmm. It counts the same. Or if you lose to a five and seven team or an 0 and 12 team, it still counts the same essentially on that eye. That's still pretty blatant uh, error or it's, it's it's hard to fix but you should contextualize yes it's a q and win but when it's close i don't know what you do you just got to weight it differently i guess you don't want to get too bogged down in like where your number's at for who's watched the games and get the record and how much you're winning by and where you're winning by but you should be able to check and see they are super close to getting q and wins these teams are nearly there like is there a difference like i said between 40 40 and 51 probably not yeah so Utah State, they are considered as the first four outs here on this bracket. They are only in 19 brackets, which is interesting, whereas Temple is at 42, but barely above Utah State. How does that work? Uh, it's, I mean, I think, again, it comes down to the number of quality victories. Um, Temple does have a win over Houston, which is a top 10 team mm-hmm. right now, and Utah State's best victory is a neutral site win over St. Mary's. And they have just one victory against the top 120 in NET right now. So yeah, it's the brackets might say that right now that Utah State is in contention. I'm really not buying it, though. A win over St. Mary's isn't going to get you in the tournament. My point, like, like the number of brackets, as I said, seat, the first four out here at Bracket Matrix, it's Seton Hall, who's in 51 brackets. I guess it goes by average. I guess that's the only reason they're there. Because I think they need to do a better job here. Maybe average your number and brackets you're in. Because Seton Hall's 51 brackets. Temple 42. Utah State 19. They have Clemson 15. But if you look down, like if you go between other receiving votes, Murray State's in 40. It's probably because the at-large are the one bid for their conference. Mm-hmm. But Bowling Green's in more brackets than them. You have uh, Bucknell in more brackets than them. Why it doesn't make sense. Even though, yeah, Bucknell, their average seeding is only a 15 Point eight or what? Fifteen six. I know that's partly because they play in the uh, Patriot League and they're only going to get one bid. 
it's it's clear that Utah State shouldn't be the first four out. They're just first four out because if they're going to get in, they're going to be between what a ten and fourteen seed. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so, you, do you give them base? I basically give them no chance. I see yeah. all these brackets saying first four out bubble team. They're like a more work to be done, but their work to be done is winning out, including a win over Nevada. Then I would put them in consideration. Uh, if Utah State were to run the table and get to the conference tournament final and lose, you, they probably have a shot. Oh, just a shot, Stephen, with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have a shot. But look at what's happened to St. Mary's these last couple of years or mm-hmm. some teams out of the MAC that entered their conference no, tournament with no, no, a no, body no. record. Stick, stick with St. Mary's, come on. We know that that's the case. They don't leave their home court unless they're forced to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's not... That's true, but that's not really the case with Utah State this year. Exactly. But I guess like they just don't have that that quality victory because they haven't beaten anyone out of a high major conference. They almost beat Arizona State, um, lost to BYU, almost beat Houston. But it, it's it just comes down to quality victories, and Utah State doesn't have them. So if they run to the table or run the table, get to the conference tournament final, I think that they have an outside shot, but. Again, it, it's not that's not going to get it done. Because they would have they're sitting at seventeen wins, twenty, counting here. This I know it's exciting. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. They'd be twenty six of five after the regular season with the win over Nevada. By the way, they'd have more Q one wins in Nevada, so put them in, right? True. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just say. Yeah. Um. So I put them at twenty five. Right now they're projected twenty four seven. So if they're twenty five six, if somehow that happens. They would win twenty seven six. They'd be twenty seven eight. That wouldn't be enough to get them in, assuming they lose to Nevada in the tournament final. I I don't think it's enough to get them in because I just think the power conference teams will just continue to beat up on each other and get quality victories. And like uh, you know, I follow Purdue basketball, of course. Every time that they hit the floor, they will pick up a, or have a chance to pick up yeah. a victory against a Q one or Q two opponent, no matter what. And mm-hmm. Uh, Mountain West teams just don't have that luxury. How do you fix? I know it's a big question, but how does that get done? How does that change? Besides just scheduling better non-conference, I think that's pretty much all you can do. You know what should be done? Maybe this will be an off-season article or podcast we could do. I brought. I saw something in football. We'll wrap it up here in a second because we're getting close to that forty fifty minute mark here. So Stuart Mandel over at the Athletic just takes questions weekly. A lot of people do that stuff. He mentioned somebody goes, if there's one thing you could change in college football, what would it be? And he says, hold off on scheduling one non-conference game and then do some sort of like draft or some sort to put up the best matchup. Hmm, that's interesting. For, and then I also saw the same thing. I think, is, don't you do stuff with the, was it the athletic director website? Yes. A, mm-hmm. AD, ADU or something, is that what it's yep. called? Yep. Somebody did something a while ago about just do a draft for the whole non-conference season for football. Which would be like the World Cup draw. Very exciting. Teams can block here and <coughs> excuse me, teams could block like I'm not playing this team and that'd be pretty exciting. Awesome T V event. But mm-hmm. I saw just brought up two things. I saw someone on Twitter, because they used to have the uh, bracket thing, was the bracket buster, which turned into yeah. a weird thing that didn't really help teams all that much. Just because it didn't work out all that great. It was it got watered down where essentially you're playing a team who's 80 your number 80 RPI versus number 100 RPI. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. It wasn't really changing that much when, because it got too big when there's like the four or five games when it was like Gonzaga versus say Nevada this year, that'd be a pretty big deal, but they don't really need it. You know what I mean? They're already high enough. 
why can't there be – I know we've, we've tossed around the Pac-12 Mountain West Challenge, something like that. But why can't – I saw two things. One was a kind of like the old bracket buster where you take like the 16 best, like a tournament weekend, like one of those exempt tournaments where it's all the non-power teams play against each other, like only 16. So it's a limited amount of games. But realistically, what I would really like to do is have – I don't know how you do it because you, you have well. Here, it's easy to do if you think about. It. You know, there's so many non-conference games. Why can't there be? I don't know. Just you set aside one or two games where you have to play, like make it beneficial for both sides to give a chance to play a team for a better conference somehow. You know what I mean? Like I know mm-hmm. it's a lot of logistics and stuff. You have the Big Ten ACC or Big Twelve SEC challenge, all those things. It's not necessarily a challenge, but allow for. I'm not saying like San Jose State plays Duke because what's the point of that? Yeah. It's going to hurt Duke. It's going to hurt Duke. Well, it could hurt Duke more. I mean, like, there's the balance of power of who wins in that game. If somehow the Spartans pull off this major upset over a top team or beating, like, Tennessee or Kentucky or something. But couldn't there be a way to schedule, like, maybe – oh, this would be good. I got it right here. Here's a million, a billion-dollar idea for Eli. Okay. So wasn't there, wasn't there a challenge, like, two weeks ago in college basketball? Yeah, like Big a, 12 SEC. Okay, Big 12 SEC. Why don't we? Because people don't care about basketball, at least the majority of people, until basically now, February. So why not hold like right after Super Bowl or the week before or something? Maybe right after. Get no, the week after would be perfect because that's what that new American Football Alliance League, whatever it's called, the AAF is doing. They're starting their season this week after Super Bowl. We want football. Here's football. It's on CBS. Week after, hold that weekend because we have the mock selection committee, right? Sixteen teams. Mm-hmm. You take maybe eighty teams for being considered and have them play each other. Would that be worth it? Today? Like eighty or ninety teams or a hundred teams, where you have a game, you do some sort of. Uh, That'd be cool. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't be like top to bottom, like go through that. But, like, say you take eighty or ninety teams, like realistic teams, to be part of the NCAA tournament. It's all non-conference, so you could have, like, they might include Utah State. They're considered close. Like, how cool would it be if Utah State were to be able to play um, even a rematch versus Houston? Or play St. John's or Houston plays a team in the top twenty or Texas or excuse me Utah State plays a team in the top twenty five. I don't think that would be that hard to pull off. I yeah I don't think it would be that hard to pull off. Um, Teams might be against it like yeah. Duke or Tennessee, but I'm just saying if you're gonna break up your if you complain about breaking up non conference play, look at that what you just said the Big Twelve SEC challenge last week. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. Like maybe draw teams out of a hat or do some sort of random generator, and it'd have to make it worth it for the. I, I, no, you don't have to. I was gonna say do it to bracket buster day where next year you get the return game. No, screw it. It's just it's just an extra game. You know what I mean? It's just one game, and maybe they could do it a neutral site where there's a two or three games on a day, so it's something like that. I could put a bunch on TV. Like that would be a pretty good idea, I think. Yeah, I I like that idea. I think that. That's certainly something that would improve some team schedules. And while you came up with that, I was just kind of brainstorming myself and um, thought of something that was kind of interesting, I think. Um, you know roughly how NFL schedules are made, correct? Like how mm-hmm. it's determined which teams play which like the yeah, following what, season? Yeah, what division you're playing and if you're like what placement you are over like fourth or first place, you play yeah. all fourth place teams, yeah. Yeah, so – that kind of came to mind. There, there are 32 conferences. Love it. Uh, I know where you're going. And, Keep going. Perfect. Yeah. So, so 32 <laughs> conferences in, in college basketball. Um, 
what I was thinking is you divide those 32 into four tiers. So you have your 1 through 8, 9 through 16, 17 through 24, and 25 through 32. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a rotational basis. So each team, like say we're, we're talking to Mountain West. So Mountain West would play a team out of that first tier. Like let's say it's the SEC a team, uh, a team out of the second tier. Let's say it's the A-10 um, then Big West out of third tier, and I don't know Big Sky out of the fourth tier, and then you play the team that that you finish the same position as the previous season. So that that will occupy four of your non-conference games, and I'm, this is all coming on the fly. No, I see what but, you mean. Yeah. So yeah. you mean so same? So say maybe not same record, but same placement. So first place, let's just say West Coast and Mountain West are tied, say in the same quadrant. You have the you have the eight teams. Mm-hmm. And you want to play half of those? Yeah. And so if you're the first place in the Mountain West, you play first place. And maybe you do quadrants by four, not eight. And so just make it simpler. Yeah, so that, that's good. Yeah. Whatever. Just whatever. So you're within the four range. So first place plays first place in each three of us. So you get three non conference games right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? That's because scheduling sucks. There's teams like I know there's a scheduling website to schedule games. Coaches are scheduling games like when do college basketball schedules come out? Sometimes middle September, it seems like there's a finalized schedule for teams, yeah, right? Yeah, it can take a while, yeah. If you could, how much of a relief of a headache would that be if you could have three games in the books? You have usually your exempt tournaments, you know, a year or two ahead, typically the one or two you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're going to play your rival if it's a non conference, like Colorado State usually plays Colorado every year, Air Force, CU, you know what I mean? Like there's usually San Jose State will play Santa Clara and St. Mary's almost every year. That would be this. We got to do this for the offseason. We got to do it. This is okay. fun to do because that'll be a fun project. It would be great. I thought about the same thing for football because the Mandel thing and other stuff, but why, why not? What's like that would two things with my, <coughs> both ideas. They'll have great flaws and great benefits. It's only one game with my idea, which how much is one game going to help Nevada? Like we're, like we said, would Nevada gain that one Q one win? Say they get to play Iowa. That's their draw. Mm-hmm. Iowa's 20th in both pools. Would that victory propel them to a three seed over a five seed? I don't no. know. But in your scenario, you have three games against teams, which are probably, if you're, especially if you're top three in your league, and the Mountain West is going to be, what, 10 to 15 every year, you're probably going to get, it's probably going to be a Q1 game each time, right? Yeah. Just about in that range. So I love it. These are great ideas. This is stuff we need to talk about more. Okay, I'll, I'll do some brainstorming and some spreadsheet work on it and see what I can come up oh, with. Get out the Excel sheet. Go for That's it. That's right. <laughs> no, but it, it's a good idea. It's like, why, why make it harder on yourself? Why schedule more difficult, difficultly? And then you have like a few games you can play with and do whatever you want, whether you want to schedule some weaker teams at home or if you have a big neutral site matchup you want to do, then, then you can do that. Yeah, you know who'd be up for this? Teams that like have to, want, if you want to schedule, like Craig Thompson should be all over this because... He harps and harps play better teams. We want to get NCAA tournament games. West Coast Conference kept Gonzaga in place by an unbalanced schedule to mm-hmm. not have to play the bottom teams, get a basically a triple bye to the conference semifinals for the WCC. Yeah. And so this would fall into that same type of game plan. And heck, even if you, it's kind of like the conference challenges, but it's a, it's more unified across all of college hoops. Which also, <clears throat> who wouldn't want to see? You already have these challenges they could just kind of morph into that. Like they already have big 12 sec, all these challenges going out there. They're mm-hmm. probably going to be in the same tier almost every year, but who says you can't do both. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. how much easier is that take away a, co- a non-conference game or two with those challenges they do? So You would think. I mean, there's – and this conversation is good because I think it just points out a lot of things awesome. that can be done and, and can be improved. So, the, I mean, the more ideas we come up with things like this, I think uh, um, it improves our idea of what – could potentially happen in the future and improve college basketball as a whole. So this is good. Can we send a consulting fee proposal to the Mountain Conference about this? Yes. Or, or just Mark Emmert and get a six-figure yes. consulting fee? Because, you know, teams – we mentioned the Rebel logo. Was that you and me? Were they? How much did that local yeah. design team get paid to make a failed logo? They still got paid their five figures probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need we need to do that, like make our own like NCAA consulting firm or something and just, just make a ton of money and not have to worry about anything. Or it's like the producers. You make a, a, a play that fails, but you still make money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a failing play on Broadway is better than could be better than a successful play that has a long run. Yeah. So you're right. Um, okay, really quick because we need to wrap up here because we went off the sidetrack, which is amazing because it's always fun. Because mm-hmm. um, going game by game is, eh, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. you're going to compare teams to Drake songs. How is this going to work? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So this is fun. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is. I don't know where this really came from. Uh, maybe my my passion for both Mountain West basketball and hip hop music. So best combination um, ever. Like oil and that? water. Oil and water. Perfect combination. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is there right, anything yeah. better than that? Yes. Yeah, so I will be coming out with an article this week, maybe this afternoon if I get around to it. Um, but we have all eleven Mountain West teams that are being compared to Drake songs. Some popular Drake songs. I've got the song. I have a quick line and then like a a two to three sentence explainer. So you know what else you gotta do? You gotta make a Spotify playlist for people to tune into. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to make a link on that. Do that Sounds... as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, out, look for that. We have, we have million dollar ideas here. We like that fun too. We do hardcore previews and stuff, and also have fun with um, comparing Drake songs. And oh, you know what? A, a idea I had with Matt. I heard this a while ago. Um, I'm stealing it from somewhere. I forget where. But did you know? Because Yelp is a, a thing that people use sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, go check out because universities have Yelp reviews apparently. So I'm going to go scour like oh, how no. uh, how the Yelp reviews are for you, different universities within the conference. Oh gosh! And just kind of see what we can find, whether it be the arena or maybe the school itself. And oh, you know what I should do? I just thought of it now, which is I don't have time for it. The second signing day for football tomorrow is like here's why you should come to school based on Yelp reviews. Oh, that is fantastic. Maybe I'll have time for it. It's, it's, signing day is Wednesday. I might, okay. Maybe I'll try to do that for signing day just because. I don't know if I'll get to it, folks. And if you need help, let me know because that sounds like a fun project. I, if not tomorrow, um, I don't know. We'll see. if I'll, I don't want to rush it. So if, yeah. I don't, if I don't get to it for signing, national signing day for football because that's uh, Wednesday and it's, it's Tuesday as we're recording this. So <laughs> at worst – It'll be an off-season project, which will be fun. Actually, yeah. let's just stick with off-season project because we can always repurpose that later. So we'll do that down the road. Okay. And if you want Sounds some assistant help, it'll be so much fun. So here's our brainstorming. Nobody steal these ideas as we're talking out loud. Yes. Yes. Years, so. <laughs> it's like our, it's like our quarterly meeting. Uh, apparently. All right. We've got one hour, which is rare for basketball. But, um, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Hopefully you did and had some fun. Check us out at mwr.com. That's our, our website, uh, MWCR Twitter. Um, you can download the podcast, you know, where tune in Stitcher. Basically, if you search Mount Most Wire podcast, I'm pretty sure we're the first list that comes up because there's nothing else with our name. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. We better come up with that. So, yeah, we're here for the stretch run for hoops. We'll be here every week, and we'll see you next time, folks.